the challenge of space debris in low earth orbit. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Dan Separley, co-founder and CEO of Leo Labs. Welcome, Dan. It's great to be here, Tanya. The Leo part of Leo Labs must mean low earth orbit. What do you do at Leo Labs and what motivated you to start the company? And what's that fine looking structure behind you? Ah, yes. The structure behind us is the Kiwi Space Radar, our newest radar. We use radars like this to track satellites and space debris in low Earth orbit. So you've probably seen in the news that there's a huge business revolution going on in low Earth orbit. CubeSats, new astronauts, mega constellations and the like, they're all going up into low Earth orbit in record numbers. So our mission is to monitor all that and provide the information to keep all those satellites safe so that the space industry can continue growing rapidly and not create an environmental mess. So then what is that region of space that we call low Earth orbit and why is it so important to us? Yeah, so it's the region of space between about 100 kilometers up and 2,000 kilometers up. So the portion of space that's closest to Earth. Uh, and it's really useful because it's where the astronauts are. So the International Space Station is there. The space shuttle used to go there. And the more recent Crew Dragon missions uh, are going to that region of space. Uh, it's also where a lot of the satellites that you maybe unknowingly interact with are located and you know, interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. So for example, the satellites that produce the images for online maps, you know, whether you're on Google Maps or Microsoft Bing or the like, uh, those are all collected from low earth orbit. And increasingly there are internet services uh, being launched into low earth orbit. So you pretty soon will be able to get broadband internet access anywhere on the world. Your uh, internet connection on airlines should be getting better. Uh, and also, um, there's a lot of infrastructure services, so tracking airplanes, tracking ships, tracking containers, uh, that's starting to be done from space and from fleets of low-cost satellites. And it's all this portion of space that's uh, closest to the Earth. We're actually really seeing for the first time space being heavily integrated into the rest of the economy, what's going on here down on the ground. Uh, and I think that's, that's a really interesting kind of cool change that space in a way now is just another part of the economy in a critical part, uh, but it's becoming a little bit less different from the rest of the economy than it used to be. Doesn't the US military already track uh, low earth orbit objects? I mean, what do you do differently? Yeah, good question. So the big reason we're in business is there's a data deficit in space. There's actually not enough information about where the satellites are, where the debris is, and there's also not a set of responsive services. So if I've launched a satellite, I need to know immediately where it is so I can get in touch with the satellite and bring it into operations. Uh, so we're there fixing that problem. So we're rolling out this radar network. So we will have radar sites around the world that are continually taking measurements on the satellites, where they're going. Uh, and then we also have a software platform. So we take all those measurements in real time, move them up to the cloud and look for important situations. So we look seven days into the future to predict possible collisions. So satellite operators can get their satellites out of the way. Uh, we look for those newly launched satellites to help bring them into operations uh, more quickly. Uh, and we help if there's ever any situations where you know, a satellite appears to be malfunctioning, um, we can help diagnose that. 
um, in addition to being just part of routine operations. You know, when's my satellite going to be over a certain point of the ground? When can I downlink data? Uh, so we're, we're fundamentally architected to work with a few different groups, the satellite operators themselves, uh, the regulators who govern what happens with the satellites, uh, ministries and departments of defense, uh, and the insurance industry. All these people need a lot of data and they need a lot more data than they've ever needed before because of all these new satellites. Uh, so that's that's fundamentally the challenge we're solving. Explain the problem of space debris and low Earth orbit, its magnitude, and what a single paint chip, in fact, might do to a satellite or a spacecraft. Yeah, the dynamics of low Earth orbit are kind of crazy. So everything up there is moving about 17,000 miles an hour. So if you have a collision, that means the two objects could be closing as fast as 34,000 miles an hour. So even something tiny like a paint chip can put a hole in a satellite. And in fact, objects that are about two centimeters across, so about golf ball or ping pong ball sized, they're moving so quickly that they can shatter a satellite. That means turning a satellite into thousands of pieces of debris, which are then themselves moving at extremely fast speeds and can go hit other objects. Um, in low Earth orbit, these objects stay in space typically for decades or even centuries. So if you've created a cloud of debris, it's up there for a long time. Uh, and the numbers are um, quite amazing. So at the moment, there's about 2000 functional satellites. You know, those are the satellites taking pictures and providing internet access and the like. There are about 14,000 pieces of debris that are tracked today. So seven times more debris, um, dead satellites, old rocket bodies, fragments of satellites and the like. Uh, and there's an estimated 250,000 pieces of small debris down to two centimeters in size, or about 20 times more than what's tracked today. And that two centimeter stuff is also just as dangerous as the, the larger stuff. It's not tracked. And actually, that's one of our main missions. Uh, starting later this year, when we complete our fourth radar in our network, our fourth radar site, uh, we'll start tracking the small stuff as well and helping companies and other satellite operators avoid that risk that's just kind of hidden in space today. You spoke a little bit to some of the future tracking. How do we track debris in low Earth orbit today? Yeah, radar is the name of the game. Uh, and, you know, there's when it comes to satellite tracking, there's radars, there's telescopes, there's a few other technologies. But in low Earth orbit, uh, people really focus on radars for a few reasons. One reason is the satellites are going overhead uh, at all times of the day. You gotta be tracking during the daytime, you gotta be tracking at night, and radars can do that. They're not affected by sunlight. Uh, you also need to be able to track through weather like clouds and the like, uh, and radars do that as well. So in fact, the radar that's behind me is generally tracking over a thousand satellites and pieces of debris per hour. So every hour around the clock. And this is a uh, special type of radar called a phased array radar. It means there's no moving parts. It just kind of sits there statically. Uh, but what it does is there's a few hundred pieces of electronics kind of in this region, pointing at my background. And uh, they change their timing at the uh, millisecond level. So every millisecond, the radar can look to the west and then to the east and then directly overhead to keep up with all the different uh, fragments that are flying overhead. And so that very rapid ability to, to switch where it's looking is what enables us to keep up with all this traffic. What role does space debris play today as private companies seek to commercialize low Earth orbit? 
how how do they account for it? Yeah, so right now you can kind of do three things to uh, protect yourself or mitigate space debris. You can first not create it in the first place. Second, you can swerve and avoid it. And third, you can go clean it up. Uh, so companies are definitely uh, working to not create debris in the first place. And this is things like when your satellite's at the end of life, you deorbit it. So you burn it up in the atmosphere like a shooting star. Uh, and also a lot of work uh, goes into the engineering of the satellites, you know, making sure they work correctly and they don't break up and they don't release anything they don't need to. Uh, the second thing, the swerving and avoiding is a big part of what we do. So we comb through this massive data set and look for close approaches. And we look up to a week in the future. So you can think about uh, we're looking hundreds of laps around the earth into the future to see if two, two objects are gonna come dangerously close to each other and we issue an alert. And then if one of them is a functional satellite, it can fire some thrusters, some rockets on board and move the satellite and avoid the collision. Uh, the final piece, the debris removal isn't really available yet, but I think it's gonna be a very important part of the industry in the coming years. The notion is sort of a um, cleanup service for space, being able to fly another satellite up to a dead satellite, a rocket body, grab a hold and tow it down into the atmosphere to burn it up. Um, we need to do this because the large objects, the old rocket bodies and the like, they can get hit by small pieces of debris and turned into, you know, shattered and turned into clouds of debris. Once they're turned into small debris, nobody's got a solution for how to go clean them up. People have a, have a good idea about how to go get them when they're large. So we got to get them when they're large before they become an even bigger mess when they're small. Dr. Dan Sepperly, co-founder and CEO of Leo Labs. If somebody wants to connect with you, Dan, maybe they want to find out more about the work that your company does. How can they do that? Uh, you can find us at our website, leolabs.space, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining us, Dan. Thank you. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.